Well, guys, I'm happy that you're here today. Um, y'all look so great. You know, I, uh, uh, I was just about ready to come up here, and uh, Christina kind of brushed an eye booger off of me. I, I know it's too far, I'm too far away for you to even see it, though, but she's always taking care of me that way. I can remember one time we were about ready to do church down at Coon Rapids, and she said, you need to come here, you need to come here, and she just started to cut my eyebrows, you know. Hold on, hold on, honey. I just need to cut your antennas. <laughs> so I said what any man worth his stock would say. The plural for antenna is antennae, not antennas. <laughs> Somebody thought that was funny. I, I don't know. I was on my heels. It was the best I could come up with on that. But, but I'm glad you're here today. I'm <clears throat> glad you're here just the way you are. I'm here just the way I am, still a little bit sick, but excited to talk about this story in the scriptures today. Um, You remember the last couple of weeks we've been talking about some interesting stuff. One week it was courage. You remember the 300 Spartans? Ah, you missed it if you weren't here. You remember Themistocles, the admiral of the Greek Navy? Ah, you missed it if you weren't here. And then we talked Mordecai and Esther. Ah, you missed that one if you weren't here too. Courage. We said the courage is the key. It's the key. Last week we talked about the people starting to build the temple and they laid the foundation and everybody started to think, oh man. And the grumblers just kind of swayed everybody to the point where they just stopped. They stopped for 20 years. Stopped the Lord's work for 20 years. Haggai the prophet came in and in three weeks he had him turned around he had them stir, he had a, a completely new spirit stirred up in them, and they began to work. And in four years, they finished that temple. Haggai, great guy. Well, today I'm going to talk about a little bit of all of those things a new spirit, courage. I'm going to call it faith today, though, because really, we talk about faith. Uh, it's not just a mental assertion that there is a God. It's a firm, devoted belief and action based on the fact that he is there and that you have a relationship with his son. Faith, it involves hope. It involves courage. It involves action that is directed as a result of that hope and that courage. Um, And then there's the flip side of the coin where there's no hope, there's no courage, there's no faith, and there's just nothing. That isn't no fun. Well, we'll see that happen today. If you want to turn in the Bibles you got or right there in front of you, go to Numbers 13, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Fourth book, ought to be an easy one to find, huh? And the fifth book is that one that starts with a D. I can't even say it. I sure can't spell it. Do run. I can say it, but I can't spell it. Start D-E. D-E-U. Yeah, maybe I can spell it. I'm not going to try. Numbers 13, the 12 spies. Do you know this story? It's a great one. Verse 21 of chapter 13, Moses has sent these spies up into the promised land. And he says, go in there, check it out. See what we're looking at. Trees, cities, people, tell us what you see. Try to bring back some of the fruit. Verse 21, so they went up and they explored the land from the desert of Sin, that's clay, 
as far as Rehob toward Laboth, Hamath. They went up through the Negev, that's the south part of the promised land, and they came to Hebron, where Ahiman and Shishay and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, lived. Those guys were giants, okay? Anak was a giant. They were his descendants. When they reached the valley of Eshkol, it actually wasn't called that. They renamed it that because it means cluster in Hebrew. They cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes in that valley. Two of them carried it on a pole between them. That's how big that cluster was. So they renamed that valley Cluster because of what they found. What an exceedingly great land. They named the valley Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut there. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. So they were out there for 40 days. Always a significant number for what God's about to do. All right, in the next verse, 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron, the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. They have not entered into the promised land yet. They're still wandering. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to where you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. And there's the Amalekites in the south, the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites. They live in the hill country leading up north. And the Canaanites, they're over by the sea and they're over by the Jordan. It's full of all of these termites that are going to get into the way. All right. Now you've heard the illustration of the two wolves that live in you, haven't you? The good one, the bad one. And you've heard that illustration. Well, which one wins? And the the Indian chief, with all of his wisdom, says the one that wins is the one that you feed. So I would like to challenge you today to feed your faith so that you can starve your fear. And I'm going to show you that that's exactly what these people didn't do. And I'll show you what what the outcome was and the outcome that they missed as a result of that. Okay, so this is another ancient story about a situation that you and I are not involved in. So it's, it's incumbent upon you, with a little help from me, hopefully, to bring it to life in your life and see what you can get out of it and apply it to where you are at in your everyday. Now, I am involved in something kind of neat, starting up of a church. It's a hard thing. There's a lot of giants in the land. There are ferocious lions out there that just say, hey, stay inside. There's a ferocious lion out there. But you got to have courage. You got to remember what God says. And you got to look back on what God's plan has been in your life. I know you got something too. You've got a land full of giants and there's ferocious lions out there. Well, you remember. Well, that's what our story is designed for us to do today. It is an exceedingly abundant land, full of milk and honey. Wow, it's great. Look at this cluster of grapes. Incredible. Probably even more so incredible when you've been out in a desert or down in Egypt in slavery. It's a great land that God has promised. Verse 28, but, but the people who live there are powerful Their cities, unlike anything you and I know, fortified. 
The cities are large. The people are large there too. We even saw descendants of Anak there. And then you have all of the Amalekites that we would have to battle. So the first thing I want to get across to you today is this. When it comes to these giants, when it comes to the obstacles, you and I need to completely err on the other side, and we need to have something that I just made up this week. Fall flat on your face, faith. That faith is this. God, if you're not with me in what I'm going to try to do here, I'm just going to fall flat on my face. That's dangerous and awful scary. To be able to have that faith, there's got to be some hope coming from somewhere. There's got to have to be some courage that you muster up as a result of the hope that you got coming from somewhere. Fall flat on your face, faith. Do you got the guts to try it? I wish they would have. It's going to be hard to go in and take the land. We're just going to have to flat out rely on God. We don't have what it takes to go up against a fortified city. Our resources aren't enough. God, you've got to be with us. The problem is we get to that spot and we don't even do it. But the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified. Giants. Canaanites. Everywhere you look. The next verse, verse 30. Then Caleb, who was one of those spies, silenced the people before Moses. And he said, we should go up and take possession of the land. We will certainly do it. We can certainly do it. This is a different voice. Do you know that Moses selected all 12 of those spies? And Moses selected all 12 of those spies based on the leading from God. So God, God was the one that really pre-selected those 12 guys as leaders from each of the 12 tribes. These were supposed to be the good guys. Just like you and I are supposed to be the good folks for God that preach his message and have faith and exemplify that faith in him. You're pre-selected. All 12 went in. All 12 saw the same thing. All all 12 saw how good the land was. All 12 saw the obstacles that were there. 10 came back and gave the negative. Two, Joshua and Caleb, they came back and said, we can do it. We can do it. All right. So from Caleb... And his, what he said, I want you to see this. You've got to force feed your faith. You have to force feed your faith. And this involves you making a commitment to that. It's, it's not the responsibility of the preacher. It's not the responsibility of your favorite contemporary song, Christian song. It's your responsibility All of those things can definitely be aids, but it's up to you to choose to force feed your faith. I mentioned listening to that sermon on the way up. What a a reminder about how amazing the human body is. Nobody else has given you that. Nobody else is telling you that. Even myself. I mean, this body's seen better days. (laughs) But it's astonishing 
And here's what happens when I listen to that guy talk about it. When I tell myself the right things or I allow him to tell me the right things, I'm thinking, I got to get this thing in gear. I got to get exercise started and consistent. Got to watch what I eat a little bit better. Ben, you've been sick for three weeks. What do you think God was trying to tell you in all of that? See, all of a sudden, my mind is beginning to churn because I purposely listened to a guy who fed my faith. What's the, what's the alternative? The 10 o'clock news? Ugh. The internet? Caleb stood up and said the right thing. You and I need to choose to hang around the Caleb's on purpose. Force feed your faith. And then on the other hand, we need to take a permanent fast from all of the negative stuff. We need to starve our fears. Starve our fears. Caleb had it right. But did he win out with the people? Well, there was two good spies that said the right stuff. There were 10 that said the negative. Who do you think won? Well, the people. Well, hold faith in the people. They'll listen to the two good guys, right? Oh, jeez. Here's what chapter 14, verse 1 says. That night, that very night when they came back, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. Why would you weep? There's an opportunity there for a good land. I know, tough. I know, tough. Why would you weep? There's something in the human condition that recognizes how hard it's going to be to go in there and all of the changes I'm going to have to develop and the focus on faith that I'm going to have to make in my life. I'm going to have to change some habits and it's just going to be too hard. I want comfort. That's why we say You've got to start force-feeding your faith right now so that when the day of opportunity comes, your faith and your courage and your hope is there. It's exercised and in shape and in tune, ready to go. I haven't always done that in my life. What have I missed out on? All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt, or if we could just die in this wilderness. What? Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? All right, here's point number three. Faith is so easy to forget. You can develop faith in something, but then quickly forget it. All right, I'm just going to go back through what I just read there. Our wives and children will be taken plunder. All right, let me see how common sense this is. Children, when you look God square in the eyes and say, I, I don't have enough faith in you, our children are going to be taken plunder. If God cares for anybody, he cares for children. You look God right in the eye and say, I don't have faith for you to take care of our kids. That's an affront to the God who created you. You see how dangerous this is if we don't have faith? This is dangerous. We're going to say the wrong things to God and we'll see exactly what happened to those very children in a little bit. So I'm, I'm 
I'm showing you what they said and thought, how it was an affront to God, and I'm going to show you in a minute what happened. So you and I got to learn from this. Otherwise, we're no better if we walk out of here. And we're going to get in trouble if we don't learn from this if we walk out of here. How about the women and children as plunder? Do you remember? We just plundered the Egyptians. We just plundered them. (laughs) The strongest nation on the earth at the time. We just plundered them. And you're worried about now getting plundered? How did you just forget that? Faith is so easy to forget. That's why we need a steady diet of it. Here's this other one. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Good grief. There's so much forgetfulness in that. Yeah, you just admitted it yourself. The Lord brought us to this land. Did you forget the plagues? Did you forget the Red Sea? The plunder? All of that? The death angel? Forgotten. I don't know. I'm looking out and I'm seeing... Am I, am I scratching where we itch? Because I'm just not feeling it. This is, this is... I don't know. This is right up my alley anyway. This is what we need to hear. I'm going to show you how this works. All right? <laughs> Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? That's a bunch of people who have listened to the wrong spies. They have not force-fed their faith. They have fed their fear. Now, let me just tweak the same exact sentence. Why would the Lord bring us to this land only to let us die by the sword? You see the difference there? It's the same sentence, but it's someone who listened to the two good spies. It's someone who remembered and didn't forget what God had just done. Why in the world would God bring us this far only to let us die? That doesn't make any sense. That is the truth that needs to be force-fed to me over and over and over so I don't forget and that my faith will be strong when it comes to go into the land that was promised. Faith in the promise of God. How do we forget? Your desire for comfort will cause you to forget just like that. Your animosity to the challenge of faith will cause you to forget, sometimes even on purpose. I don't know what else to say. Why would the Lord bring us to the land only to let us die? That's a great question. If I would have been there, I would have said that. Faith is so easy to forget. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? That's nonsense. All right, verse 4 of Numbers 14. Then Moses and Aaron, they fell face down in front of the whole Israelite community gathered there, and they are just going to beg and plead for the people to have faith in God. Joshua, son of Nun, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, those were... Among those who explored the land, they tore their clothes and they said, all of them, to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he'll lead us into the land flowing with milk and honey and he will give it to us. Verse 9 is the important one. Only don't rebel against the Lord. 
And do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. See, these are the things they said. It is an exceedingly good land, but the land devours everybody that goes, everybody that goes in there. What? When was the last time you're just walking along with somebody and the land just devoured your friend? Just ate your friend right up. Oh, come on. And all the people there, every one of the people there was so huge. We were like grasshoppers in their eyes. Even the babies weighed 150 pounds. Grasshoppers? It just doesn't make any sense. But Moses and Joshua and Caleb said, we will devour them. Can't you see their protection is gone? God's brought us here. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Here's the point I would like to make. Your faith means everything to your future. So Moses is begging, he's begging, he's begging, don't rebel against the Lord. We can do this. Don't be afraid. Have courage and faith in God. When you skip down to verse 22, here's what God says about all of these people who showed contempt right to his face in the face of all that he had already done in bringing them out of Egypt. He says, not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Joshua and Caleb were the only two men who came out of Egypt and actually got to go into the land because, why? They had a different spirit. It was a spirit of courage and trust and faith in God and it was a spirit that was stirred up just like we talked about last week. This, this is it. This is life 101. Courage, hope, faith, trust in God. Now, when the time comes, it's so easy to forget. So easy to forget. All right, now I'm going to read verse 27. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron along the same lines, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites, so tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except for Caleb and Joshua. Just like you said, it would be better for us to die in the wilderness. Just like you said, that's what will happen. As for the children that you thought would be plunder, I'll bring them in to enjoy the land you've rejected. That was an affront to me that you thought I would take your children out. 
that you didn't have faith in me enough to protect your kids. I don't like to hear that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. When we don't have faith, it's real possible to displeasure him. Those kids you talked about, they're going to go in and enjoy it. But as for you, your bodies will fall in the wilderness. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness. Mom, dad, better take a listen to that one. Until the last of your bodies fall in the wilderness. For 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land. (laughs) You sent those 10 guys in there for 40 days. Now it's going to be 40 years you'll suffer for your sins and know what it's like to have me against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. I'm going to read it again. You'll suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. I don't even know what to say about that. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community which has banded together against me. They will meet their end in the wilderness. Here they will die. Those ten spies, and then very quickly, the whole Israelite community created a negative, faithless culture and their future was affected so what are we going to do differently who are we going to listen to now what is our commitment as far as feeding our faith and starving our fears what books am I going to read what are the changes I make in my time with God I heard a funny story this week, just to lighten the, the air a little bit. Uh, this guy went into the barber, and um, he was telling the barber, yeah, I'm going to, got a trip planned to Italy, sales trip planned to Italy. And so the barber asked him, well, what, what air carrier are you going to use? And he told him, the, you know, the, the air carrier, oh, they're not that good, you're not going to like that very much. They're late all the time, it seems like, and the chairs on their planes aren't very comfortable, Ah, you're not going to have very much fun there. That's going to be a long flight. Well, where are you going to stay when you get over to Italy? And he told him about the motel that they were going to stay in. He said, oh, I actually used to live in Italy, and I live kind of close to that motel. It doesn't have a very good reputation within the city that it's in, and, you know, the the staff there isn't very good. Um, I don't think you're going to really like that hotel. You're going over for a sales meeting? Well, you know the Italians. Well, they just do a lot of talking, never buying, and it's going to be a pretty tough crowd over there. That's not really shaping up to be a great trip. Um, and the guy said, well, you know, I, I know. I, I'm okay with all that. It's not a real big deal. But I, really, I just want to go to the Vatican, and I'd really like to see the Pope. And so the barber said, oh, you don't have a shot at seeing the Pope. Not at all. Do you know how protected the Pope is? you know how, how much of a, a miracle it would be if you actually got to see the Pope? So the guy goes over on his trip and he gets on the airline and it's a great flight over and uh, the, uh, they actually get there a half hour early and he said the stewardess 
actually had to wake me up because the landing was so smooth. And so he goes through his meeting and he comes back about a month and a half later and he's getting a haircut from the same guy and he tells him the whole story. Oh, the flight was great. 30 minutes early. I've slept like a baby on that flight. And the hotel, they met me at the door with hot towels. I hadn't even registered yet. And, you know, I got up to my room and my room had a balcony just overlooking the Vatican right there. It was fantastic. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that it was close to the Vatican. And so, and I even got to see the Pope. And you should have, they just, I went into this long hallway and there was this gold rug all the way up to the Pope. And he was sitting on the, kind of on the throne up there. And I just, I went up to the Pope and I just kneeled down. It was the only thing I knew how to do. And the Pope actually put his hand right on my head. And he said, my son, where'd you get this horrible haircut? (laughs) That's how you get back at people that are negative, right? Sometimes when you're in a group of people or you're around someone, here's something you can just say. At least the sun is shining. Did you forget about the sun? Did you forget about your life? Did you forget about how fearfully made your body is? Okay, so we got to do this. We got to do this. We are the ones who have been tasked with creating a different, atypical, worldly culture that is full and filled with faith in God. Can we do that? It's so easy for the alternative to happen, for the whole community to grumble and complain. So easy. Can you and I be a part of a culture, help create the culture so that all of the members of the culture are in tune and in shape when it comes to faith and courage? Can we? Can we set a goal out there that helps build all of that up? Can we reverse 20 years of inactivity in three weeks, stir it up, and in four years get it done? Can we do these kind of things? It depends on who we listen to. It depends on if we are feeding our faith. And each one of us, each one of you are important to the culture. And then, if you, having done something different and fed your faith, do you now have the courage to speak up and be a leader amongst the culture to ensure that the culture and the community stay in faith? So important. People are looking in every direction for a new culture that will help them, that will be positive and that will have the answers that they are looking for. You and I have been tasked with that. It's incumbent upon us as individuals to do our part to create the culture and the community of faith. I haven't always done that very well. Christina's helped me immensely. (laughs) I see the lions. I see the giants. They're vivid. They're scary. You got to have the right people. You got to be a part of the culture. And also, we got to take the responsibility on ourselves to feed ourselves correctly. Fear. 
false evidence appearing real. It is false. Why would God bring us here to have us die? That's just false. The giants aren't as big as what they look. The fortified cities, are they scary? Or is it God's promise to bring us into the land and give us the land of fortified cities that we didn't build ourselves? To give us the crops and the vineyards that we didn't plant ourselves? Force feed your faith and starve your fear. However you got to do it, your future depends on it. Father, we are uh, grateful right now for your precious promises. And we need your forgiveness when we have not put our faith in them and, and trust in them as we have ought to. God, I pray this week we can see your promises as precious, that they would be the guiding light, that they would be the strengthener of our bones to move forward with faith, trust, and courage. Thank you, God, for being our hope when it looks like sometimes there is none. God, let us, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, let us demolish the strongholds Let us finally begin the work of bringing those walls down and let's do it by taking every thought, making it captive to Christ. Courage and faith build on the truth of your scriptures rather than on the false, unreal evidence of fear. God, help us. Help us do something different this week. Help us to truly believe Help us to give a different perspective of the strongholds. Let's bring them down. And the ruins, God, let's build them up. Give us different eyes, different vision. God, help us to force feed our faith in you. Let's be culture influencers. God, just give us new eyes to see. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Maybe you got a great story of faith. Something happened to you recently. You want to come up and share? This will be our invitation time. Come on up and help us out. Give us, help us with new vision. Help us with our faith. You can go ahead and stand. Come share. Or if you've got a decision you want to make of faith in Christ, come forward at this time.